All right, beautiful humans, welcome back to another episode of Naked Sunday. I'm your host, Caleb Nelson, and I got my friend here, Mike Lawrence, joining us on the podcast today. Mike, welcome to the show, brother. Nice to be here. It's been a while. It has been a while. From our last conversation, man, I, I can't remember the last time we chatted. It's, it's been a, a few months, but that yeah. being said, like I do like to start all my episodes with why I appreciate my guest. And from our first conversation, the thing that really stuck out with me that I admire is anybody who's willing to go through adversity and just like keep a positive demeanor. Because a lot of people just get into the, the shit basically, and then just go full negativity and just down in the dumps. And you know, we're just talking a little bit before we even hopped on the thing about like, oh, we just got to have, we got to lead with things will all work out. We got to believe that if we do enough of the right things, things are going to end up okay. And here we are now having another conversation around that. And, and to me, I'm in a place in my life where I deeply value anybody who is going to lead with that optimism. So I appreciate you for that, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. It's all about leading with love in this world, man. Um, hmm. Let's get into it then. Let's get into this. Mike, you know yourself better than I. So share with the people of this beautiful podcast. Mike, who are you? I don't get off. I don't get asked that question um, a lot of the times. And who am I? Let me just start off by I'm a person who's trying to make my path through this 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 life and through this world. And um, it's uh, we've all we're born with certain gifts. We're born, um, I suppose, with a purpose. And I go through school and go through college. And I think I've got an idea or thought I had an idea of what I wanted to do when I was younger. And as time goes by, that sort of changes. So who am I? It's changed quite a lot from when I started off as a young boy, uh, when I was going through college and the things that I studied through to where I am now. And I probably just about, you know, so many years later on down the life, figured out <laughs> who I am. Well, take me through a couple of those evolutions then. Where were we then? Where were we in the middle? And where are you at now? Well, where I, where, where I am now, I'm here serving people, helping people. Um, I think from my professional perspective, I, I live in the UK. I'm in Chesterfield. It's famous for a crooked spa, which I can see out of my window. Mm. And um, I have a clinic. I work and help people with suffering with their mental health um, um, who come to me from, you know, male and women, um, business owners who are suffering, struggling with their confidence. And I help them to regain that, um, you know, that confidence. When I was younger, I worked in the leisure industry. Mm. I was a keen sports person, um, played a lot of, you guys might say soccer, it's known over in the UK and, and throughout Europe as football. Throughout the rest of the world. I think the US, <laughs> we might've messed that one up, you know? As much as I, I'm so akin to the regular, like American football, the way it is, it, we might be the, we might've mixed, we might, we might need to reconsider. 
Yeah, soccer. So with football, you know, and I played, and I was pretty good at a lot of the the the, the sports. You know, I played football, I loved basketball. My hero was, and still is Michael Jordan. I know that the is the NBA is on at the moment in time. New, yeah. Um, yeah, the NBA is on at the moment in time. Boston Celtics. I remember watching them as young. Some of the greats. Boston Celtic players, is it Kevin McCabe, is it, or McHale? Kevin McHale, mm-hmm. uh, the great um, Larry, I forget Larry his Bird. Larry Bird? Yeah, yeah, Larry Bird. And then um, the great games they, they had with the, the Lakers, uh, great games that they had with the Lakers. And I just I was fell in love with basketball. I loved it, I played it, and I coached and taught um, sports and worked in the leisure industries. Um, I wanted to be a manager in one of these leisure centres, you know, and, and and I did that for a period of time, but that's who I was sort of then. It was all about, you know, that had something about being responsible for people, being managing, you know, um, I don't know why, hmm. but uh, maybe they spent more money at the time and so... And did less work, possibly. So, but yeah, let me do that. Let me do that. Run around or go around with lots of a bunch of keys and look important and help people. <laughs> and I did that for a period of time and then realized that didn't pay as much as I thought I did. However, like the coaching side. Mm. And then I then moved into sort of sales and 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 business. Um moved from this um you know chesterfield so I've, I've been here for about seven years i'm originally from sheffield people might not be able to know from my accent some people say i've got a little bit of a southern or um, a london accent those who are not from london or the uk probably might not be familiar with that because they probably think we all talk like the queen i would i would not have known one way i like <laughs> Would not have would not have even struck me one way or the other. When you go to the states, it's when you, you know, and I've been in the states a, a, a few times, and says, "Oh, do you know the Queen?" This is how you speak. We've got the Queen's English, but but now I, I lived and worked in I lived and worked in in London for a period of time, and there's a lot of you know um, moved around a lot as you do in those younger years, sales, um, marketing, and lots of money. But I had this knack of helping people I had this knack of um working with people and getting the best out of them you know and they worked in the IT industry for a period of time and um and various other sorts of roles and then worked with my wife for a period of time there as well so I think all the time I've been on this these journeys in terms of who am I who am I what am I doing what am I here for and it's taken me a long time because I know that you know when you're um, there's a great study that was done. I think it might be by Harvard University. There've done a lot of great studies. And there was one around um, this experiment that was done. Actually, I might have got that wrong. I'm not sure. Um, but there was a study that was done over in America, and it um, looked at a group of kids. I think it was in the 50s, a bunch of kids in the 50s, and they all asked them this question um, in this kindergarten: What would you like to be, you know, as you get older in terms of your career? And they found that, um, and, and, you know, and they brought those kids back. I think the ones that were still alive, I think about 40, 50 years later, to ask them who, you know, the one and to ask them, did those dreams come true? The things that they talked about doing, they said, yeah, we knew what we wanted to do. Mm. Um, 
whereas the ones who didn't know what they wanted to do they was trying to still find the purpose or find find out what they want to do in life they didn't actually achieve the things what they wanted to do because they didn't really know what they wanted to do and a lot of teams people as i say they go through life with their um, violin still playing or you know when they reach the end of life so finally now i believe that i've actually know what i want to do but it's taken me a long frigging time Mm. it's not easy i think that finding purpose in our life i think is one of the the great mysteries for most i i will openly say i've struggled with that myself in in Mm. my own life and i i I opened this show with that i mean i have zero structure aside from telling you why i appreciate you and asking that one question everything else is like screw it let's just see where we go with it with this but i think that I love the question of who are you or which begs from your end of like, who am I? I think we don't check in on that. And I think we're perpetually going through life, reevaluating it. And I love the response I get every single time. And, and as of late, for whatever reason, I feel like the, the response I'm getting is, well, it seems like it's always evolving, mm-hmm. but the through line of what is the nature of the work you're doing I think a lot of people are starting to pick up on like, oh, I saw this pattern. I saw this trend here. I saw this, tr-. like, but if I removed all the extra stuff, it was still this thing, which to me is an ironic way of saying, when you take away the excess, you get exactly what you want. So why are we adding yeah. all this extra nonsense? Just do the thing you, you love to do. Um, yeah. What got you landing on this mental health bit? The landing on mental health was probably several years ago. Well, it's only re- um, recently through the pandemic. I was just chatting to a colleague when I was out networking because what I was doing at the time, the way I was serving people, I wasn't able to do so. So therefore, you've got to um, you've got to pivot and change. So we'll change what to. So somebody mentioned around sort of like um, there might be some funding that might be able to help you um, get involved um, around sort of mental health. And so at the time, it was something that wasn't necessarily on my radar, but the more it started to percolate in my mind, I said, you know what, that actually makes sense. and that probably that seemed like the next step, even though that at the time it didn't seem, you know, that um, as though it was something that would be featuring more and more in. And now, as we know, it's become extremely important around the things that we actually, you know, that we all need that because we all suffer with it through some shape or form. And so if I'm there to be able to help people with what they're going through, then it's, it's a great way to serve. Yeah. Well, especially as much as the pandemic threw a wrench into a lot of things and caused a lot of pain, I do think as with all tragedies, an interesting silver lining does present itself of, Oh, well now all those other things we had to adapt to and we could find a new way that might even even be better than before. When I think about how people are pursuing mental health services, coaching services, however they want to call it from a remote 
fashion. Whereas beforehand, a lot of extra work had to be done before somebody could actually get the help, i.e. walk down the stairs, put on their shoes, get in the car, drive in traffic, deal with the stress of traffic, get to the place, walk up the thing, walk into the office, deal with the anxiety sitting in the office, get in the room, then start building a kind of like, what I'm really hopefully highlighting is my dog is snoring behind me, is that <laughs> I think the facility by which to say, hey, let's push a button, we can interface, let's see if we like each other. We've taken so many steps out and that those were just points of friction where somebody could pause and have to confront their own feelings of anxiety or self-worth issues or whatever. All the problems that are that they were already struggling with in the first place are putting more barriers and more moments of friction to say, oh, here's one more reason, option, opportunity for you to opt out of getting the help you need, of having the conversation you know you really need to have. Now it's, well, we eliminate all those steps. Cool. So the only step you need to do is push one button and say, hi, I'm here now. Let's talk. Granted, I think a new skill set has to come around from the practitioner yeah. sense of yeah. like, how do you hold space online? How do you talk to somebody in a way that allows them to feel safe through a digital medium? That's, that's different. It's a, it's a practitioner problem, not a patient problem. I've come to find from coaches and client, or clients pardon, around the world that it, it's fine. It was incumbent upon me to learn how to just hold the space and it's not, it might be even easier. So um, I took that one on a long tangent there, but that was just to really highlight that the opportunity I think that ha the, this time in history has presented for us. But aside from just the, hell, this makes sense to you, is mental health stuff something that you had struggled with yourself? Is that also part of the draw towards towards this field for you in terms of serving others? Probably, I would say yes. I think we've all suffered mental health at some point through our um, through my upbringing. It was very challenging um, sort of upbringing, and it's only when I moved down to London I started going to university um, that I was able to start to reflect on my um, sort of upbringing because my parents um, um, who <clears throat> my mum is still alive today bless her um, she brought me up in the best way that she could um, as did my dad as did my father both of them are, fr uh, are from the Caribbean they must say the Caribbean um, and uh, uh, from Jamaica and they came over to the UK when the UK um, reached out to the Commonwealth after the war for people to come over to help them to rebuild the country. So they've come over here, they, was, they um, had to adapt to the, a different culture, um, had to buy coats because it was colder over here, um, the, the language, and also the racism and things that they had, they had they, um, that, that, that they didn't have to experience you know, from another country. Mm. And the way they were brought up in, a, in, in, in say another country was from their sort of like parents. Um, and so it was a very um, sort of like, um, the, my parents were very strong disciplinarians. And so I was brought up in that sort of way, that sort of method which probably affected me, it affected my confidence. It affected, I wasn't aware of it. Um, as a young adult, it was only when I, you know, um, when we had two children and uh, an ex-wife and some of those things came to the fore. 
and that was a, a carryover from you know sort of like my upbringing so it's something that I had to deal that I, I, I dealt with and it took um, quite a while I would say that there's some elements of it which will never go away it's just that over the years I've learned um, good coping structures and good coping mechanisms which I have to work at and it's only when I I meet people and talk to other people from a similar background to myself, um, from the parents who are sort of like first, second generation people from the Caribbean, or I'm, all the work that I do with my clients, mm. because straight away there's a synergy, yeah. And so I have to always make, I always have to stop myself um, from jumping in and that's something as practitioners uh, that we do all the time because as soon as anybody talks we listen but we're not taught how to listen mm. and so straight away we're running stories and so you've got people who'll be watching this podcast and they're saying i know exactly where it's coming from and the and we, before i even get to the end of various things they're already running that story i went through this i went through that yeah i was told this and what's uh, you know what kind of um <clears throat> amplified that was the things that we were told when we was younger children as to be seen and not heard mm. not speak until you're spoken to so those things stay with you all your life and they carry on and then you then pass those on to your kids and other people they become very sort of like strong beliefs so i so yeah i i i kind of um suffered with that uh, myself but and I saw that, so myself and my ex-wife, we saw that in our in our um, in our second child. Um, mm. So we were then able to help her because we'd experienced it ourselves, and now she's you know she's doing ex exceptionally well from our learnings and what we've seen, and then able then to to, to assist and support her. Mm. Well, what I appreciate about that and you'll see where I'm going with it a second is that especially in this day and age, if we're going to consume a service mm -hmm. that is as intimate as saying, Hey, I'm going to share this part of me. This is what I'm struggling with in my head. Nobody would know unless I said something. I think there is a lot of power in practitioners feeling confident enough to share their story, to be vulnerable enough to say, hey, this is where I'm from. So that somebody else can say, hey, I see you. I understand some of it. I understand how you felt because I'm there now. And it also paints a light of, oh, well, you seem to be doing better. How can I do get that? It's that, oh, I'm seeing a vision of possibility. But we also, again, because of this is a mental health thing, like it's not something you can just readily see or understand like oh i just know well maybe so i think there's a lot of power in saying hey this is my story and i i don't have the same experiences that you do i don't and i and how i have dealt with my own cloudy mind and and other feelings around that like you know i can uh empathize with you from an entrepreneur standpoint i know what it feels like to run my own business i get that but in terms of like who i would best serve i don't have the same backstory my family didn't come from the Caribbean moving to the UK. My mother moved from a different country, but like, again, different pieces. And I think, especially as we're looking to serve, and I hope like anybody who's listening to this, who is a practitioner or a coach or a business owner, 
there's plenty of money in the world. There's an infinite amount of money and there's an infinite amount of problems that or challenges if we want to frame the, 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 the difficulty differently, because I think it's a prudent thing to do. There's an infinite number of challenges to undertake. There's plenty of money that comes in that exchange to go around for everybody. We don't need to be crazy about it, but I think that by sharing our unique disposition as an individual, we can best serve those who really need our voice because our voice contextualize it best and we meet that person best where they're at. So long-winded way of me coming back around to say, hey, what I appreciate there is you sharing, hey, I had my own things from this background because it allows somebody to see themselves in that and say, okay, there's there's a path out. And I think that's that the first piece in, in any change is to say, oh, there's a way. All right, cool. Let's see. Let's see where we go with this. Um, when did you start taking your own like mental health seriously? Was it with kids? Like, you, you brought that up, like that you have with two children. That was a big, a big thing for you. I think um, just that it was more. It was it was around the uh, the, the conditioning. Hmm. They because our parents do and this is you know this is something that i i, I learned and it's probably a, a strap down that i use quite a lot of times with my clients that our parents they do what they do for us with the with the best abilities with the resources and know-how that they know at that time mm. and a lot of times what we do myself included we apportion blame it's because of him, it's because of her, it's because of my dad, my sister, my brother. But what we don't do is, is step into their shoes. And now as practitioners, that's what we do. We look at it from a different angle. Mm. And so it's only when I was, I learned, and that's through having coaching myself, hypnotherapy and, you know, and, and being on my journey, that's that's when I started to look at it and see it differently because prior to that I was blaming them. It's their fault the way I am. It's their fault why I am this way. And there was there was anger in that as well, mm. animosity. Um, because I didn't understand from their perspective. It wasn't that. What if they went through it with their parents? What if they had a tough upbringing? What if? You know, they were disciplined, difficult, and had a difficult upbringing. Because years ago, I didn't, I didn't consider that. I was just being, you know, let me, yeah, I was, I was going to use the word selfish, and then I took it away in my head, but I'll use it. Maybe I was just looking at myself, looking at my, you know, from my perspective. But it's not as in until I took those layers away, and it was presented back to me that maybe, you know, um, that they went through it themselves, Maybe that they could only do what they were able to do. They do it to the best of their ability, the best in their endeavors, mm. because that's all they knew, because they're learning in the same way that I'm able to pass on to my two daughters, um, my learnings, my teachings, so that they, one day, I become a grandfather, a grandparent, <laughs> then they're going to pass on those learnings. So I've, myself and my ex-wife, we've made that adjustments. We've made those changes and, and, and doing it a different way. So it's kind of like, you know, uh, 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 around that, which I was able to, to, you know, to, you know, to do so. 
Yeah. Well, I really respect that empathy that it, it takes because it's so easy to point the finger of blame, as you mentioned. How yeah. hard is it to step into our parents' shoes and say, hmm. Yeah. And I you know, and, and, and sorry, and, and and you must find it yourself. Um, and then, you know, practitioners out there and other people, because we don't, we're not there. I'm not here to tell people what to do as my coaches and the people that helped me. And I've spent a lot of money on myself and continue to do so because it doesn't stop here. And what they're all guiding you to do is just to, is to, is to go there and to have that different understanding and say, okay, I get that. Because then you become, you're then at peace. You haven't got that peace of your mind or that peace of your, your being holding on to that pain, holding on to that anger and carrying on with as through life when you speak to people uh, and it comes up and says oh, how's your mom or how's your dad or how's this don't go there you can't go there because you've just got that under lock and key in here but it's only when we start to then let it unravel that the other neurons start firing that peace and love and that happiness then starts to flow through your body and you're able then to move up to a different vibration. So you're able to help and serve people um, better. However, a lot of people don't want to face that. They don't want to face that, um, that anguish. They don't want to go there. How many times do we, you know, somebody made an inquiry the other day about some help that they've got going on in their life. But then when you reached out to them, she made that inquiry, says, I don't think I'm quite ready there yet because I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to go there. That's tough. I can empathize there where you're like, I see what the problem is here, but if they're really not ready, there's nothing much you can do. You just got to be like, all right, hey, when you are, you know where we're at. That's, that's tough. Yeah. It's really tough. I think there's a lot of beauty in what you're talking about here especially, you know, whether it's with your, your parents or it's your siblings or it's your significant others, your exes, whomever, your friends, your business partners, your ex-business partners. You're right. It's so easy that to point the finger of blame, but then also not see our own faults in those engagements. But man, what a, and you're, you're kind of alluding to there. It's like, you're carrying this, you're carrying this weight around and it's occupying this mental and emotional real estate that you're not even aware of it's going to affect all aspects of your life. It has to, it has to. And it's limit. It's certainly, as you had alluded to, it's affecting your capacity to serve is diminishing, yeah. diminishing your capacity to serve because there's only a limit to what you can go to until that nonsense or that edge or that anger or that anxiety or that resentment starts to pour into the conversation inadvertently subconsciously, but it comes in. And that's, I guess, in the service, I wouldn't say, I guess I would, I would implore anybody who's listening to say like, that's, that's not the most responsible thing in the service industry. You are here to serve the other, not serve yourself. So yeah, I really appreciate that take. No, no, that, that's fine. And I think we, you know, before you started recording, we was having some juicy conversations to warm, you know, to, you know, to warm up. 
you know, just to make things all spicy rather than coming in cold. And <laughs> we talk about, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So start juggling and doing a bit of warming and yodeling and everything. And, you know, and we talk about where we are now and where we've been and the past and the things that we don't taught when we're at school. And, you know, if we were taught, I know that in the UK, you know, it's actually on the curriculum. I'm not sure what this, you know, mental health and well-being is on the curriculum now. I'm not sure if that's the case in, 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 the, um, in the States. But imagine, you know, when we were younger, we were taught how to, that we have got emotions, that we were taught that as time goes on, life isn't just a, a linear journey. Mm-hmm. We're going to go through divorces. We're going to, um, going to, you know, we're going to meet with adversity. Um, it's not, um, you know, when we're going to be made redundant, we're going to lose people that we love and lots of other things that may happen to ourselves as well but we get prepared we actually get prepared for it in the you know it's i know at school i've been taught maths and pythagoras theorem and history which is great which is fun geography and all these other things um we're not taught you know we get to a certain age and we teach us how to speak um a foreign language spanish or german but then we're not really encouraged to continue to do so now we're having conversations in the world in in the uk on diversity inclusion but yet we can go abroad and not speak and be able to diverse you know converse with various people so but if we were it's been taught about these you know about diversity if we were taught about some of the challenges and problems, you know, um, you know, even down to money management, money literacy, um, rather than just pure maths, which bore the hell out of a lot of people, what interest rates mean, and and all these things, they're all feed into mental health and well-being. Because now I go around to companies talking about financial literacy, financial well-being, talking about people going away on holiday. Um, how, and, and a lot of people in debt or taking out debt, you know, taking a loan out to go away on debt, on, to go away on, on holiday and hopefully to be happy hmm. for a week or two and then come back to the same old grind. So you go away, you pay all this money to go away to improve your well-being, maybe for two weeks or a week put yourself in debt and then come back to go back to where you were beforehand. But I need that holiday. I need that break. Hmm. Well, it's interesting you said it in the way you did because one, the fact that we all need, need to get away, to be happy. That to me, (laughs) it's like, to me, that's red, red flag. Number one, how are we, like how how are we organizing our life in a way mm. that doesn't like going away is the icing on the cake. It yeah. does, it's not it's not saving us from no happiness. That's that mm. to me, I think that's heartbreaking. The fact that we've set ourselves up, and then you say like they could put themselves into into more debt, basically robbing Peter to pay Paul, 
they're going to come back more in debt, having to work more, which basically means they're going to have to work longer until their next vacation to be able to afford the same experience or less of an experience to bring that minute joy, whatever how amount of joy that was, but it's probably going to be diminishing returns on the back end, as opposed to learning how to be, what I would venture for them to say is, how can you go inward and be happier with yourself, have less stuff? As you're talking about financial literacy, most people are over leveraged in a thousand different ways in their life, trying to keep up with everybody else's expectations. What if you learned how to live with less and didn't base your identity off of the stuff that you have more the love that you provide and the connection you provide to your people. In my experience, and I'd be curious to hear if you've seen any different, one of those two scenarios works out a little better. And there's a lot more like general joie de vie in every single day when you're just saying within that, just knowing that simplicity usually is the best. The same way mm. that we talked about before, like we figured out what the through line is throughout how we want to serve. All right, take away the extra, just do that one thing. Cool. Yeah. Just charge enough to make worth it. Like that's it. It's really yeah. it. Yeah. Marketing. It is marketing. We're marketing to our own brain though, that we need to be like, this is okay. Like you're, you're combating, like we're, we're in such a strange place that we're combating the marketing of society, which the flip mm. at this point is just flipping through our phones of, you know, yeah. th this ad and that ad and this da, 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 versus the marketing yeah. that's in our head that says like, Hey, you don't, you don't need all that. Yeah. Not, I'm not to say all that stuff is bad and none of it's bad, mm -hmm. but based off of what, and what, what do you really want? And I got to imagine in your line of work, as you said, you, you go to a lot of these businesses and you're probably talking to a lot of entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. what, are you, what, what are you typically seeing come up with them in, the, in, I guess, in this ilk, in this type of conversation? Yeah. And, you know, um, it's easy to say, when you ask the question that you asked me, who am I? Mm. I think that it's a very, very powerful question. And I think a lot of people would struggle unless they've done the inner work on themselves, because I'm sure that a lot of people, if they put their hand in the heart, probably don't know, because it's a case of who they are, who they want to be and who, and, and, and who they are now. Because we, a lot of people, we put this illusion on, how are you? I'm fine, I'm okay. But are they really? Not really, a lot of people, don't like the jobs that they're in, but just there to get that paycheck at the end of the day to keep up, to buy a lot of the things which they feel as though they actually need because through consumerism and marketing, we're told we need it. You know, we, we, we're told we need it. Our parents and that generation, they, they survived. They were happy on what they, on what, on what they had. But then back then, they, you know, if they needed more, there was overtime. And in the UK, I'm not sure if it's the same in the States, if you work more than probably 40 hours, they paid, they got paid time and a half their salary and double time. You don't get that now. Mm. And so you, you don't get that now. People are working on average, probably about um, between five, 10 hours more a week. And they're not getting paid any of that. If, if, if they're fortunate, they might get time time off in lieu. So mm. we become less, um, you know, we, we, we get, we're being less um, productive. And in the past, the 
goods and services that we we bought you know a a settee a chair a sofa would last your lifetime if it got frayed around the edges or there's some holes in there your mum might you know patch it up find something find something and just you know oh this sock's got a hole in it and get a needle and thread and cotton and just you know (laughs) you know (laughs) and 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 fix it whereas now we just chuck it away we just go you know buy some more buy curtains we go and buy a new car we don't we're gonna buy a new car and because we're told to because we've got all these 24 7 ads go and buy this going that so we're putting ourselves in debt we're putting ourselves in debt and um and that uh, and so before we know it more debt we're in we're moving away from pot- potentially the things that we want to do versus the things that we um could be doing overall and i was reading this lovely book there's two things that, uh, that come to mind i said this, i'm reading this or just finished reading this excellent book called um, lost focus by an author called Johan Hari. And he talks about the time which we're spent on where our time is actually going and what, and, and it's going so far away and potentially my take on is that it could be affecting or impacting our well-being. And just for example, we're kind of reading um, a newspaper called The Guardian, um, which... Um, you know, if you're buying newspapers, imagine those newspapers, which are probably the New York Times or something. Is it still kind of quite big? Um, yes, or some pe- the, few, yeah. the few newspapers I'll ever see around anywhere. They're, they're yeah. still pretty sizable. So yeah, so imagine if you're buying a newspaper rather than read or scanning through or picking at the stuff, um, snippets of information that you see on your phone, imagine you've got 200 of those now, 220, or they say New York Times or The Guardian, 220 of those. Imagine that you've got 220 of those and you're going through that every day because that's what we're bombarded with. Mm. That's what we're bombarded with. And our minds then got to um, calculate, okay, like, not interested, not interested, that, and it's picking. And we could be picking a lot of the wrong stuff. And we're not aware of it because we're filtering out things all the time to kind of just try to be on top of things. And so if we're picking the wrong things and not aware of it, we could be way off the mark in regards to what we're learning, how we progress, what we're focusing on. And what the book was, you know, talks about a lot of times is how the author believes that, and I agree with him, that our time is being stolen and being taken away. And we're spending less of our time doing the things that we love to do, the things that we enjoy to do, and um, and and our growth. If we don't take, if we do not take back, you know, control. And then the other thing I want to just segue into is I was on holiday about eight years ago, a small island called Cape Verde. And if you come across that on the west coast of Africa, there's about 10, 11 or so small little islands there. And the island that I was on in Cape Void was called Boa Vista. And I went away just to relax. And, and as soon as I got off the plane, it's not like going to um, Las Vegas. As soon as you got off the plane there, you know, you get this ching, 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 ching. 
over there, as you say, a little bloke there with a pink suit on playing some melodic, lovely music, serenading everyone walking through the arrivals lounge. And as you go into the lounge's lounge, you start to see these brown little figurines. And these big figurines became sort of like a mantra as we're going through the island over a period of time. And what we were saying all the way through, you hear people on these figurines, uh, carvings, was like, no stress, no stress, no stress. And at first, when I'm seeing this, it's like, they're on about UK, it's no stress. They're all the time. After a few days, it's like, they're actually telling you, no stress, relax, calm. Whereas in the Western world, in the UK, I'm sure it's the same in the States and around the world, it's the opposite. We're plugged into the systems 24 hours. Our focus is lost. Our time is kind of gone. And we're going down this path. And so if we don't wrestle it back, we don't take stock of it and just say, whoa, and deal with it, our well-being, and deal with um, the challenges and problems that we're, we're kind of faced with. We end up kind of going through life with this whole door of weighing down in our shoulders. When people say, you know, I've got the weight. It looks like you've got the weight of your world on your shoulders. They have. Because all the way through, it's got the redundancy. Somebody's been cheating on me. I, you know, I didn't get that job and all these things. And then when you, and we can spot these people, can't we? How is your day today? today? Where shall I start? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's such a contrast that you're talking about there of, Hey, chill out, relax, unplug. Mm. And I think deep down, we all know this to be true. It's wild. It's wild that we just run ourselves ragged, chasing things that don't matter more often than not. Sometimes it matters, but this idea that we're not enough or we don't have enough Mm. and then, and then we continue to chase our own tails in the pursuit of that idea, that lacking, that feeling of lack, it, it burns us out and it, it takes silly little figurines to remind us, Hey, by the way, chill out relax it's okay you're gonna be fine but wouldn't it be great but wouldn't it be great because you know we we're here to serve we help people and people around who's watching this as well and saying what these guys are saying it actually makes sense you know so why aren't why isn't society doing so why aren't they doing so yes um in the uk we've got um, organization we've got that corporate social responsibility we're putting it on we're putting it on work you know business leaders so it's fine in, in businesses who can afford it to have um, people like myself and others go in there and spend an hour or two helping them around financial well-being emotional resilience mental health awareness the menopause and lots of other things there as well you know, and um, and it's great that in the schools they are, you know, in the UK, it's on the curriculum, helping them with their sort of like the well, you know, their general sort of like well-being. But, but with myself, I just feel as though we're not quite there yet 
and this message, you know, I talked about, you know, in, in Cape Verde, you've got these figurines there, no stress, no stress, and, and uh, you know, and chill and sort of like relax. Talked earlier about running away, um, you know, to go on holiday, to get away, but then you come back, you plug straight into the system and you come back to thousands of emails. And so you think, you know, I've spent, um, you know, I'm, I'm in debt, my credit card's maxed out, but I had a good time because... I've put it out there on my social media that I've had a good time. Mm. You know, I got a lot of likes. You know, I got lots of likes. You know, that one there, that picture of me there, you know, surfboarding for the first time, you know, that, that was trending. That was that was pretty cool. But in reality, I've come back and I'm in debt. I didn't put that on, I didn't put that on my on my social media platform. Yeah. That I'm now in debt. So now I'll be having to adjust um you know, my uh, my living standards over a period of time to pay back for that, but I'm not sticking that on there. But it just seems as though that for whatever reason, and we talked about it off air, that we're not, our society, our generation, we're not going that little bit further to show that we do really care um, about our people. And it's only when people go to the private sector um, and speak to people like ourselves are able to get that support but there's so many people lots of other people out there at those services where they are struggling they haven't you know um got the means to, to you know to to um to reach out and do those um you know to to see uh, those sorts of people um but for me our um you know the governments could go a little bit further and if they're really, rather than paying lip service and looking at the charities and looking at and we've got some fantastic charities that are doing great work and hoping that our famous nhs service can can help and they do a fantastic job even though that for the last um, couple of years through the pandemic um they've been under the cost to support people in the way that they may have done so beforehand but there's a lot of people out there's an army of people there you know, who do things such as they call it in, in the States, no, in, in the UK, probably the same in the, in, in the States, alternative or complementary therapies, whereas people who are out there who provide these services know that these complementary and alternative therapies have been around for thousands of years. And you think to yourself, there's so many good people out there that can provide that, can be part of that triage service and support and help these people um and get to these people rather than being seen in our in, in you know in, at, when when they get to christ at crisis points at the end mm -hmm. well the first thing that came to mind for me as you you went on that kind of that journey there through that conversation around it brought me back to earlier where you're like hey i've invested a lot of money in myself and your yeah like mental health and well-being i've got to imagine and learning how to be a business owner and all those other things might be also attest to I've spent a few hundred thousand dollars at this point on my coaching, counseling, anything and everything that I would deem under like making me a better human being. I'm, I'm baffled still how people are actually deeply afraid to invest in themselves. Mm. And I have a friend, he said this maybe two years ago, he was like, yeah, if it was for like my business, like, yeah, I'd spend it. But if it was for me, like, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. I'm like, but you are the business. Like you're the business. Mm. If you don't function as the business owner, as the leader, your your business is suffering from that capacity. 
and, and what I'm hearing kind of like maybe even the undertone and all of that is like people just want like the emergency reactive care, which, and they want it all to be just covered. It should be free. It should be covered by insurance. It should be covered by something else. Like, there's a cost to everything. Yeah. It's, you're going to pay one way or another. Shit ain't free. This is life. And you can choose to pay beforehand with the knowledge and the understanding like this is preventative and proactive, or you can do it reactive. It is not going to be nearly the same quality or it's going to be triple the price like or more. Yeah. I'm just using a, a, a relative term there. So yeah. I think what you're bringing out there is like, maybe the conversation should might need to steer towards like, yo, preventative is, is actually very cost-effective. It might look like a bigger number when yeah. you first see it because you're not used to seeing a bigger number. But if you maybe perhaps look at the number differently and say, this is actually an investment in myself and my, my self-worth, my value as a human being is going up. Yeah. And it baffles me to this effect, like the, here in the US um, right now, like student loans is a big topic. People get saddled with a few hundred thousand dollars worth of student debt. And they're going to be like, I'm going to go pay for four years of this to learn a skill that they just never use again. They go get some degree that's like basket weaving. Yet now, okay, you got to go invest in your business now, or you got to invest in your own leadership development. No, that's too expensive. What? This is a new skill that is yeah. in the direction of what you say you care about, that you actually, like, I found myself, this is what I want. No, it's too expensive. I can't do it. What? Like that just, it, to me, it's like a mind boggling thing. Yeah. That we just, I, I, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I, no, no, it's fine. I was just saying that you get it over here as well. Um, and when you, I've, I've, I've grown massively through the investments in myself, whether it be in my business, uh, both personally and professionally all the way through my life, personally and professionally. And a lot of people stop when they get out of school, college or university and think that's it. You know, because when you look at the number of people who are reading books now, the, that's, that's dropped massively. And a lot of people are becoming illiterate. They're not learning, they're not understanding, recognizing. And the way that we're learning a lot of people nowadays is Dr. Google. So if we're feeling depressed, first and foremost, they go on, you know, Google and says, you know, depressed, what is depression? And they'll go and watch a, a video, YouTube. And then they'll see somebody with some tablets. And then they'll go and probably buy those. And because of the, you know, the, it's tougher now to the um, getting that support that you, you normally get quite quickly in the UK because of, covid through cutbacks and everything yes you can you know the first port of call is always to see you know your gp which is for you know in the uk still free at the point of service and even though some for some cases on the telephone or through um zoom um but it's forcing people more and more now to go sort of like down that down that route but as you said um then there's that point at okay then I don't want to be taking tablets for the rest of the day. What else is there? Do some more searches, then you might come across practitioners, coaches, and this weird world, weird and wonderful world of people helping you. And, and they charge 
So, mm, not familiar with this. But then it comes into that value proposition, doesn't it? In terms of, I don't mind paying thousands of dollars to go on holiday, you know? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> yeah. People are very, very quick to say, yeah, I'll swipe my card for this trip and spend whatever. And then, you know, and then I'll go, you know, the week I get back and just go out to this expensive restaurant and just like, just fill their life with distractions one swipe at a time. But like yeah. uh, time to invest in your personal, in like you as a human being. Yeah. Um, you, but I can't do those other things. Okay. Do yeah. those other things really give you lasting joy? Do they give you lasting sense of inner peace? Nope. Then no. Doesn't it sound like the value prop is pretty obvious here? Like, yes, the pain of not being able to do the other thing is kind of the point. You, you have yeah. to choose between A or B so that you can, in the future, you could do these other things with an internal sense of like wholeness. If you don't have mm -hmm. that already, you're just shining a turd more or less. Like, great. You, got, you could flex on Instagram or Facebook, or name your social media platform, whatever hate I'm going to get from whichever social media platform or whatever that's going to be, it is what it is. But like, yeah, it's still just like, there's a hollowness beneath it. Those things are all cool. Like they're awesome. And I think I hope people enjoy those experiences, but I see a lot of people like come back from it. There's like this massive letdown and they're like, yeah, I, I need to go do like 10 times as much to get the same feeling because it's not as exciting anymore. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah. And it's that, 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 that value proposition because, you know, I have this, I use this quote a lot of the times when, you know, I'm sort of like doing some marketing or trying to not drive home a point, but just to kind of accentuate a point when I say that if you don't take time, or you could replace that take time, if you don't pay, you know, and invest in your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness. And we all, you know, we all know that if you don't take time for your wellness, you'll be forced to make time for your illness, because a lot of the things in, um, you know, from a mental health perspective, and a lot of these illnesses don't just happen there and then. It's a buildup over time, and so you know the, you know the the so the seeds that we sow to today will reap the rewards in the future. So we invest that time. In our wellness and well-being, yes, we can go and go on holiday, but invest in our well-being. Um, because if we don't do so, at a later stage in our life, when we might not have the income, when we might not have the mobility, we'll be forced to take some actions. And sometimes it can be quite drastic and debilitating, you know, overall. But again, sometimes, you know, you talk to people about that. You know, and I'll talk about if you don't take that first step, nothing changes. Um, you, you, um, it's about that mindset and that value, pro value proposition. And if our value propositions started off, um, you know, at a younger generation where our parents always went away several times a year and spent lots of money and changing cars a lot of times and buying great t-shirts and, uh, and all the rest of it all the time um we might spend a lot of money on these things but then when it comes to 
other things such as well-being. I said, no, I'm not, I won't pay that. I won't pay $100 to go and see Mike or Seb or somebody. But we pay two, three hundred pounds for a set of sneakers or a um, or to you know to get a front seat at the um, at the uh, at the playoffs. But looking after us, no, I wouldn't do that. Not at all. But but what is that saying about ourselves, though? What is actually saying about ourselves? That uh, investment in our in in our well being. Because we only have this, as far as I'm aware, this one life. Mm. And I was, I was speaking to, I was coaching one of my, one of my current clients. And he's on uh, recreational drugs at the moment. Weed, I'll call it out. He's on weed. Has been for 20 odd years. And I'm doing some deep work, some really deep work on him. And um, I'm saying, where are you at now in regards to this you know coach and work that we've been doing over a period of time says what's your level of commitment on a scale of one to ten to really stop now this is where you are as a percentage this is about 80 percent so 80 percent said yeah which is okay right so what if we were to say to you what if your eyes was only going to give you vision for 80 percent of the day would you be happy with that no. Okay. What if your ears were only be able to function for 80% of the day so you could hear things? Would you be happy with that? Just no. This isn't your taste. Just say at a certain time of the day, you're not going to be able to taste or you're not be able to smell or feel things for 20, you know for 20%, for only 80% of the day. So 20% of the time, you wouldn't have access to any of those um, modalities. Said, ah, oh. okay, I hear you. Says, okay. So where are we now? 100%. I love that. I might use that on somebody when they're just like, <laughs> it's actually a really good, it's a really solid take. Yeah. You, me- you mentioned the word well-being earlier. Yeah. I, I want to pivot back to that just for a brief yeah. second, because it was the thought that crossed my mind recent, uh, and this is something I talk about a lot recently, is that um, people don't like the idea of, feel, of being well, being, feeling mm. just good. We pivot our attention to one of two things terrible like the worst of the worst or high performance one of the two extremes yet people have no idea what the middle is the way i'm going to describe this is this one of the common things in the fitness industry especially for women they'll go into a gym say this woman needs to lose 50 pounds and the, they see the weights there and they're like but i don't want to get bulky mm. okay first and foremost let's make a nice little disclaimer around that. It's not going to make you bulky. And I'm using a common scenario. I've heard men in some instances say it, but this is a pretty obvious one. It's not like start with just like, what is feeling good first? Like what's your first priority? You're worrying about the second thing that is probably going to take at least a year from there. You can worry about that secondary problem when you get there. First, you need to know what good feels like. 
because you don't even know the decision. Like people don't even know their body enough to know what good feels like and how they're making current decisions on the day to day. They are not aware how their terrible sleep is affecting them. They're not aware how their garbage diet is affecting them. They're not aware how they're just rambunctious lifestyle or their chaotic lifestyle without taking time for them to just clear their head is drastically affecting every decision they make from the amount of activities they sign up for for themselves or for their kids, how they spread themselves then all those things. Most people are not concerned with well-being. They're concerned with top performer. I need to be the best. If I'm not first, I'm last. It's like, that's not the case. You need to first know what a baseline is. And what's like, how about you get a foundation of wellness underneath you first? Get into your, into what would be an ideal weight range. Get into an ideal range for sleep. Get a steady, consistent, nutritious stream of nourishment into your body. Drink enough water, all those other things. The baseline, get the baseline and the foundation set. Then you can worry about all those other exterior things. But so many people are like, if I'm not the best athlete in the gym, I'd rather just be the worst because then I have no expectations. There's nothing holding me to something. And I think that even wraps into what you were talking about before about the empathy for your parents or for whomever that you need to forgive. It's the idea of like, well, if I'm not the victim anymore because I forgive somebody, well, then what am I? Oh, well, I'm just average. I'm average without a sob story. Oh, mm-hmm. oops. Am I not special anymore? Am I not worth anything? Am I not worthy of love, affection, attention, whatever that is? Not realizing like the people that genuinely love and adore you, love you for exactly who you are. I didn't know where I wanted to end up on all that. Just that, that statement of well-being right there. I'm just putting some thoughts out into this, this conversation. You know, if you want to yeah. riff on it, cool. If not also cool, but I think that that's something that's out there where people are not okay with your physical body, your mental health, all those things. Like how about start with a baseline, but there's going to be something in your life where you're going to have a unique genius that can, that can be leveraged. But if you never know what like center is, you don't know where you're going. You're just operating just like whimsically and fleet when using fleeting emotions to guide your decisions, which sorry, like that's how a child, that's how an infant makes decisions. I'm sad. You know, like, great. Like, do you want to act like a child for the rest of your life? No. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. Shit. I don't know. Like to each their own, but yeah, no, I I think I get it. Um, I don't know where I'm going to go with this though. (laughs) I just was putting thoughts out in the universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that um, it's quite, it's quite a big area. Because so I think with well-being, it, it, it's it, it's quite it's quite it's quite big, and I think there are so many different moving parts and so many different elements to it. You got the mental well-being, you got the financial well-being, um, you've got um, you've got the physical, emotional. So many different things. And within that, you've got many practitioners who will take a slice of that. So depending on who you speak to, and you know, 
depending who you speak to, will probably give you different sort of definitions based upon their paradigm of the world and what portion and what slice they, they, they're taking out of that cake. Mm -hmm. And then, so when somebody comes to see me, say when somebody comes to see me or they make an inquiry and um, it's usually, you know, um, there might be stuff in with anxiety or sort of depression, might feel suicidal. On the flip side, um, they might be going through a divorce or they need some, you know, um, going through divorce or they lost their job or they're having challenges around anxiety and panic attacks could be for exams. And a lot of it, um, and I thought about this a while, you know, quite a while ago, not in terms of, you know, in this conversation actually, but sometimes your mind and the conversations goes on different paths, doesn't it? But somehow it's got back round to, to, to here. <laughs> and, uh, and one of the first elements that I was trained in was life coaching. Mm. Yeah, I don't know that doesn't answer your question exactly in terms of, sort of okay. well-being. Yeah. Um, or maybe it does. Remember, <laughs> possibly, possibly. But that's where it went. This is where, it, as I said, I don't know where I'm going with this, but I've ended up here. Um, and one of the first um, disciplines I was trained in was, say, life coaching. And I remember when I trained as a life coach at that time, people say, you know, what is a life coach? And how, what's the difference between, say, a life coach and mentors? and uh, a, psycho you know, a, a psychotherapist. And, um, and they still have those conversations today. And, and overall, that, getting that baseline, I think it's individual. And I think it's down to whoever you're working with to have those conversations to find out you know, who are you? But in regards to where are you? Mm. Because where we are and where we think we are, the poles apart. Because when people come to see me, and I'm sure it's the same with yourself, what they actually present themselves is, is totally different from what they actually need. Because it's those stories that we actually set tell, you know, to say ourselves, and our role is to strip all those layers back, strip those onion backs, that, that onion back, and, I'll, and, and ask, seek permission from them to, to delve in there, to go into those things in which happened to them in their life, um, things that they've not dealt with, things which are stopping them going forward in their life so they can potentially serve as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's our role to facilitate that with their permission to find that baseline and um, and then once we've got that baseline, so okay, then I think we're here. Would you agree with that? Where would you like to go? Mm. Where do you want to go? And get rid of the what's stopping them from going there, and hopefully then facilitate, you know, hopefully then facilitate that um, that journey because that well-being, I think, is is different for everybody. It's it's different from you know for everybody because you can go to see you know, a doctor, you know, and a doctor over here or a GP, we've got, what was it, seven minutes, 12 minutes we've got uh, to, when you and an appointment. And they're going to say, uh, what can I help you with today in that period of time? And all they're doing is 
trying to, is based upon their training to then administer whatever support that they deemed um, best for for them. But as practitioners, you tend to find that that training has taken us on a huge journey. You know, some down the NLP, some as um, life coaches, Indian head therapy, chakra balancing, uh, what do you call them, dousing pendulums, spirituality. It's diverse. And it's usually over a lifetime. Whereas, you know, this is not me banging a drum at, say, GP, because I know quite a few GPs and they do lots of training and phenomenal work, um, you know, there. That do that initial training and you know get updates on various um, various things and in the same way our training and takes us you know it, 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 it evolves from for, for people who are serious about what they do they don't stop at that that one that one piece of training they continue to do that so that therefore when somebody sits in front of us whether it on down you know at the end of the camera or um, face to face, we can sit down and and predicate, you know, where they are in regards to their 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 well being, mm. and um, and then we can make sure that we're helping them with their self care. Mm. I think you actually came back to well being and answered it pretty well. It really what I liked in there is you said it's unique to everybody. What is well being? It's unique. It's individualized. Are there some cornerstone staples that we need to figure out? For sure. For sure. But what good is like for everybody is okay for it to be unique. But us finding what that is and then operating from that is super, super challenging. I love your take on that, my friend. Um, and I'm just taking a look at the time right now. Obviously, I want to be respectful of your time. What yeah, uh, and, any uh, like final messages you want to share with people today before we kind of move along? I think the the, the 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 final message is, I think I might have just mentioned it there, just at the back end of that answer that I gave was self care. Mm. You know, is, is self care, and for me that's that that's critical. And we've talked about how we can help as fellow practitioners. We could talk about how organizations help those who are fortunate they've got a employee assistance program can help and we talk about how the gps can help and other um, professional practitioners where you can pull down on the services through your medical plans but above all it's that what we do for ourselves so even if you're not going to we you know we, we you know you shared earlier around you know, people will be will happily pay money and huge money to go on holiday and do lots of other things. And we spend more time planning a holiday or a vacation, planning weddings, um, planning cars that we're going to buy, planning what many um, dress or shirt we're going to wear when we're going out. Then time that we plan on our own sort of well-being. Uh, and and, and self-care so for me my my key message is don't wait we need to take that first step you don't have to have lots of money 
you can do it on a you can do a lot of things on a budget but if you don't take that first step nothing changes rather than waiting until we are you know ill um go and seek that help and if you are struggling um because most people do there's very few people that you come across in life today who isn't uh, affected or impacted by the rising cost of living doesn't matter where you're living in the world um we've gone through a lot of things you know wars in ukraine we've got um you know um lots of things if you look at the news or read the news a lot of the times which i try and stay clear of mm-hmm. a lot of um, uncertainty coming down the pipe over time so we need to be mindful of that but then also be responsible for our own um well-being and self-care so it's so important and vitally important that we have our own sort of a game plan a a a plan whether that's something that you're going to a budget looking something up on the internet uh, subscribing to various things or actually reaching out to people like myself uh, or others to help you to overcome some of the challenges and problems that we've got that's the, but i would say the number one message that i would have for anybody watching this is to look after your self care mm. one of the things you were saying there is like nothing changes i was like if nothing there's a quote i don't even know who says it nothing changes yeah. nothing changes so that yeah. that kind of struck me pretty well well yeah. mike if somebody's listening they're like i like this guy's message you know what i i want to make my mental health more of a priority I want to find that better sense of self-care and well-being. What would be the best way for somebody to get in touch with you? How would they best con- contact you and connect with you? You can connect with me on my website. That's pretty straightforward, www.mikelawrence.co.uk. Um, those who are um, social media savvy, I'm on, I'm on Facebook. You can connect with me on there, Mike Lawrence, Health and Wellbeing. Or those who are in the, uh, the business sector or on LinkedIn, you can connect with me um, on LinkedIn. I am, I am on Instagram, not as socially um, active on them. Haven't got round to, is it Snapchat or TikTok as yet? But, <laughs> um, but, um, but the best ways is through my website, um, Facebook and, and, and LinkedIn on a, in those areas. And just reach out to me. I've got a lot of free stuff on there i've got an online sort of learning platform called rediscover your confidence the antidote to good mental health uh, which i help people through on a lot of um, free blogs and testimonials and things that you can do you know um, uh, without my sort of intervention but yeah it'd be great for anybody to reach out and uh, and check me out and mention that you if you do come through to me just mention that you, you you see me um, through this podcast and um and that, that would be great I, I i always love when people come through this and find happiness and connection to other great practitioners that's why one of my true joys in this life here's my idea i'm floating your direction especially if you're going to get on the tiktok or on the tiktok listen to me i sound like like somebody from like early 2000s <laughs> you want to get on the facebook you know <laughs> it's the, it's, um 
you you could do like one of those figurines you said from when you were in the uh wherever you oh were. yeah your trip. In Cape, Verde, Cape Verde yeah yeah do do one of those figurines and be like your saying of the day of like chill out man or whatever I think that'd be hysterical oh, okay. you could do a reel on Instagram do it as a video little video on TikTok 15 seconds just read it listen I, no, I, I, I know like very it. little in this world but I think that'd be cute I think it'd be hysterical plus it'd be very contextual to your life like hey this is my bit now like hey my idea my business idea for the day give it a shot my friend if you care to but um yeah, i like it yeah let's we'll see how it goes but mike i'm, I'm really yeah. grateful for you sharing your time and your wisdom today thank you for being the best version of yourself and showing up and 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 sharing your love with the, with the world and the the listeners of today um obviously we look forward to connecting more in, in the future um and everybody who's listening i will have all mike's uh contact connection opportunities all that stuff will be on the show notes check that out thank you everybody for listening mike again thank you for just being awesome and i remind everybody who is listening till next time i remind you to love everybody <laughs>